So in the book of Romans, chapter 6, I want to read something to you. Um, it says, thanks be to God who through, but, but God be thanked that through you were once slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from your heart the form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Now, I said something, and I've been making a statement. We're preaching on doctrines. And I, and I said this, and I want you all to hear this. To, it, to me, you can't have a more boring title. Doctrines. And that sound exciting? But yet it is. And I just read why. Doctrines is basically the truth that set you free. Satan is extremely interested in doctrine. False. Think about this for a minute. He is extremely interested in what's being preached from pulpits. I'm convinced of something. I think Satan runs some churches. Hey, Bowser. Go get me another one of those. I think he's very, I, I think that Satan has a lot to do with some things being preached in some churches. And I'm convinced of it because I was watching the 700 Club one time, and they had a guy on there that was talking about, they, he was talking about casting devils out of people. It was years ago. It might have been Lester Summerall, somebody. It was a long time ago. And they were casting a devil out of a guy, and he said, I know you. I helped you with your sermon last week. And, and for one, somehow or another, I believe the devil told the truth right there. I think sometimes the devil helps people with sermons. We'll get into that in just a minute. So doctrines, it, it, to me, it's really like, and I said it, it's kind of a, not a very sexy word. Well, what do you learn in the church? Doctrine. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of like rice with no butter and salt and pepper on it. It's just bland. But yet, it's, Paul made a statement here, and he said the doctrine which sets you free. And to the degree your doctrines are right, you're free. If you're not free, there's a doctrine or a teaching, you're missing something somewhere. And I started this because of this, of, of this one thing. When you pastor a church like this right here, you need to understand this is not a denominational church. This is a non-denominational church or an interdenominational church, which means in this room right now, we have former Catholics, Baptists, Presbyterians, Pentecostals. You got, you've got every, every you got, I mean, it's a, it's a mess. It's, a, it's doctrinally, it's crazy. And what happened when the charismatic movement started, it was like all the little ponds of ducks it started raining and it became one big lake. And now you've got swans and bluegills and all kind of ducks out there. And so you've got Baptist ducks and Presbyterian ducks and Episcopalian ducks and they're all swimming together. It's called the charismatic renewal. Well, you brought a lot of that stuff with you. Some of it's great. Some of it's not. It's just junk. So one of the biggest issues that I face all the time, I, I do this constantly when I meet people and I sit down and have lunch with them, they will invariably say something and I'll go, that's totally wrong. And they'll look at me like, what? And one of them is, God did it to me to teach me something and or God made me, and I'm going, no, 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 it's not. And I'll ask them, where is that in the Bible? And they go, I don't know. And they don't care. And they go to a good church with a good pastor, and they're just, they don't know squat. And it's tough because how are you ever going to have faith for healing if you believe God did it? Now, here's my doctrine. Someone says, what do you believe? Good God, bad devil. That's my doctrine. If it's good and God is not 99% good and a little tiny bit demonic. And Satan's not really bad but a little bit good. No, 100% good, 100% bad, and they, and they will never meet. And so that's pretty easy doctrine. So if something's not good, then the devil did it. Not God. 
And so to me, that's kind of simple, but you'd be amazed at how many people, I would say, and I'm guessing, I would say 90% of Christians have no idea what I just said. Isn't that sad? And yet they're praying, and their doctrines are messed up, and their doctrines are messed up because preachers don't preach on doctrine anymore. Who wants to go to a church when you can hear a good motivational sermon? Pick me up, lift me up, move me on, ray, hey, hey, rah, rah, re, kick him in the knee. You know, and, that, and that's kind of what y'all are looking for every time you come to church. So I come along and say, we're going to preach on doctrines. Y'all go, how come you drug me in this place right here? Hallelujah. So I want you to go to Jude chapter 1, and let's look at faith. And, and, and I got off on this. I got off on this in the spirits, what I did. And I couldn't break away from this scripture. I, I, I was going another direction today, and I was, I was in there trying to pray about it. And, and, and this scripture just kept coming back. And I'm going, okay, God, I think I called Nikki because Nikki already had my sermon ready for the overhead. I mean, my, and I said, uh, we, we're changing. Okay, so I want to read something to you, um, and, and you'll enjoy this. The book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 1. Jude a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, the, the guy that wrote the book of James, Pastor James. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was diligent to write you concerning our common salvation. In other words, I was fixing to sit down and write uh, 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 to you guys about salvation. I found it necessary to write to you and exhort you to contend earnestly for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, now I want you to think about what he just said. He said, there, we're going to talk about false prophets. We're going to talk about false teaching. Because what had happened by time, it wasn't long after Jesus rose from the dead, that there were people in churches already polluting the word. Did you know that? Now, I'll get ahead of myself. Do you think that there are preachers polluting it now? Thank you. Yes, there are. Now, how are we supposed to respond to that? And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into how do we respond and why is it that we're really not responding like we know we should? And, and what happens when a preacher does get up and starts saying stuff is not right? Because people don't do it anymore. They're more interested in your time. Let me tell you something about a pastor. If he's interested in your tithe, he will not preach truth. Because there's nothing to run you off faster than telling you you're wrong. If you don't spank your kids, you're a bad parent. As a matter of fact, if you have a healthy home, you holler some. Hey, hey, they know, there's no kids raised. Kids don't raise their self. You give them boundaries and hold them to it, and there are times when you better close the door and fix this problem. Well, what do you think is so different about a church? Sometimes we go, just close the door. Don't let the neighbors in here, but we're going to fix some stuff tonight. And that needs to go on in churches because we're a big family. So Jude is writing this. Now look at what he says. Contend for the faith. Now listen to what I exhort, I beg, I urge, I encourage you. It's a military term used that's, that says this, don't hide from the reality of war. I exhort you, I'm pleading with you, I'm begging with you, earnestly contend. It means it's the word used when a wrestler hits a mat, fight with all of your might to win this match. It is an intense struggle. Earnestly contend for the faith. The faith word is the word doctrine. Contend for the truth that was given to you by the men and women of God who wrote the word of God. You're going to have to fight to keep it. Yeah. 
Why? Because there are people that were already coming along and already preaching in churches heresy. We're going to get into a couple of them. Now, most of Paul's letters were written because of false teaching going on in churches. And he wasn't there. That's how you got the word. So why is it wrong to deal with false teaching today? It isn't. It's not. Did you know the Pope is a liar? Do you understand? I would get kicked out of most churches for that statement. But you stand up and say that all religions lead to God. You're a liar. I'm not anti the man. It's just that when somebody stands up and says that, somebody else needs to come along and go, that's not true. That is polluting the gospel. We've got, if you're going to have a faith in God, you're going to contend for this thing we call the faith. And as long as we're watching television, you understand not everybody on there has got your interest at heart. There's goofiness in every... I've seen faith and word people that needed to get on their face and get some stuff out. I had one man, I'm not going to mention his name, but, I, but there was a doctrine about five years ago that the Jews had a different covenant and they didn't need Jesus. I, you, and I'm talking about big dogs in the faith movement. Stupid. Stupid. I don't care how much you love Israel. It's stupid. A Jew's got to get saved just like everybody else does. And it's amazing. And so somebody from our camp went to someone else in our camp and got them all in a corner and said, stop the stupidity. It was on television. Don't shut me down. Somebody's got to come along and make some corrections. So anyway, Judas said, now let's read number four. Certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who have turned the grace of God into lewdness. And denying the only Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about in churches. Now he goes on talking about the, the, the stuff going on in churches and et cetera, et cetera. And talking about, you know, sin in the church. So, so uh, I'm not going to read all of that. I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Because I'm, I'm going to make some statements in a minute. Because uh, if I don't teach you well... This church, this church will not do well. I'm not talking about everybody's church. I'm talking about this one. I've got to say how to say this. I'll, I'll figure it out. Holy Ghost, tell me. 2 Timothy 3. Let's start with verse 10. But you have carefully followed my what? Manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch. At Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. All who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. All right, all right, let, let's talk about this for a minute. Why do people compromise truth? To stop the persecution. Did you know that? When, when right now, if you're a Bible-believing, you, you believe in marriage between a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, you're a hate-mongering homophobe. People are calling names. and you know, I mean, listen, I'm telling you, it's getting bad. And so, so many churches are just, let's just leave the subject alone. Come on, I'm doing, this is why I'm preaching this. Are we supposed to leave a subject alone because it causes a little conflict? No. Oh, no, baby, we're not. We're supposed to get in the middle of that subject and preach it good and strong Amen. so that the people can be free and find out if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell, baby. I don't care who you think you are. And so, so what happens is it's just easier for me to come in and go, ah, oh, what sermon do they want to hear today? Jesus loves me, this I know. That's always a great one. And he does, I mean, faith, 
The faith message is milk. Anytime y'all aren't doing good, I just go back to, to you know, to, to pudding, and, and everybody loves me. You know, y'all don't understand what it's like to be on the left side. Preach on, on, on faith. Hey, pastor, awesome. I preach on something else, or out the right door you go. See you later. Bye. Catch you maybe next week. I don't know. I may never come back again. I didn't like that a bit. <laughs> folks, folks, if you're going to live right, you're going to be persecuted. So if you don't want to be persecuted, listen, you're either going to, God's either going to like you or the world's going to like you. you. You better make up your mind right now. Now, Jesus made a statement. Woe when all men speak. If everybody likes you, you're not living right. I'm being serious. Here's where it gets tough. Are y'all ready? What happens when it's your friends? Hey, listen, we're we're talking real stuff now. I mean, you want to know how many kids... That if you get on to them now, their parents will jump on you. It doesn't matter whether the kid's wrong. When I was a kid growing up in high school, if the principal whooped me, I got home, my mom whooped me. If the principal whoops you now, mom will sue you. And, and so what happens in churches now, I'll stand up and get on to somebody because, they're, you know, it's obvious you're in leadership. It's obvious that you're not coming to church on time. And so you go and tell JoJo, and JoJo tells Sister Susie, and Sister Susie's in English. And the next thing you got, you got a big problem in the church. Rather than you go and tell JoJo, and JoJo goes, well, I agree with Pastor. You sure ought to be in the church on time. How long have you been saved, you little punk? <laughs> but see, nobody wants to stand up for truth. Come on, don't shout me down. This stuff goes on in churches all the time. It's in this one. Don't, don't, don't run around here. They got gossip in that church. Honey, they got gossip everywhere. And when you went there, now they got a new one. You get people together, you got problems. If there's no manure in the stall, because there ain't no horse in it. If there's people here, they're stuff. That's why we have the love walk. All right, let's finish reading this. All who desire to live godly in Christ are going to suffer persecution. You start standing up for Bible, you're going to get called names. Man, you old, I, I got called an old f- poot by a young boy one time. His mama thought that was cute, and he's in jail now. Right. Yeah, right. You, I'm, I'm old. Yeah, you, oh, you old-fashioned. Yeah, I am real old-fashioned. I'm as old-fashioned as God Almighty. <laughs> Amen. What's wrong with old-fashioned when, when it works, when it's right? All right. I'm going to read some stuff in a minute. Evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You must continue in the things you've learned and been sure of knowing from whom you learned them. And from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine. Say doctrine. For reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. Not just exhortation, exhortation, and exhortation. If you come to a real church, you're going to get corrected. I mean, if I remember right, didn't they kill Jesus? I kind of thought so. What'd they do to Elijah? What'd they do to Peter? What'd they do to Paul? I wonder how come they ain't killed you yet. (laughs) 
Now, you got to be mature to be able to stand up for righteousness. I'm just going to tell you right now. All right, I'm going to move on because it's fixing to get better and better. Luke 6, 26. Don't go there. Go to 2 Peter. Luke 6, 26 says, Woe when all men speak well of you. Go to to 2 Peter 2. I'm going to read a little bit out of this book uh, in a minute. I know y'all don't like me reading out of books, but I'm going to do it anyway. 2 Peter 2. There were false prophets among the people. Even there will be false teachers among you. There's going to be. So anytime Satan wants to bring heresy in a church, let me tell you what he's going to do. It's not going to be full-blown heresy. It's going to be just slight. You know that? Let's get into one of them for right now. You want to get into the worst heresy? What is the worst heresy in the body of Christ today? False sovereignty. We talked about it last week. Um, God's running everything. No, he isn't. If he is, he's got it in a mess. Do you want to know how many times I sit with a person and talk to them, and they look at me and go, well, you know, God's in control. All things are working together. I mean, it's almost everybody I talk to, even people that go to this church. I mean, I'm going, where do you go to church? You've been in this church that long? You don't remember? Where have you been? You got wax in your ear or something? You'd be surprised. It's, it's a heresy. It's not okay. And we need to talk about it. Now, let me go back to something I said a while ago. I, I, I said something a long time ago. I need to recant. I'm not the one causing division in this church. Well, actually, I am. Because if I give you the truth and you believe something different, then I am creating division. I didn't say strife. There is, a divi- there is going to be division. You and I have got to get over being afraid to speak truth because it might not be received. I'm going to read something to you. This is a book. I got, I don't know how many more of them out there. How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy by Rick Renner. It, powerful book. Um, um, anyway, he starts off, the modern church has become populated with large numbers of people who live in sin. Therefore, demonstrating no conviction of sin, these people carry it on as if it is normal for the Christians to live in a backslidden state while expecting God to bless them. I don't want to sound negative, but the situation I just described is very grave as it stands this hour. To bring the church back to where God wants it to be is going to require great courage on the part of its leaders. Now, there are men on television, and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll mention the good ones because I don't want to mention the bad ones. Uh, Andrew Womack is one of the few that has ever dealt with stuff going on head on. And, and uh, he might not be, he might not run aisles and jump pews, but he's one gutsy little guy. And so for that, he gets kudos. Because everybody, you know, it's, it's nice to get up there and preach on how much God loves you all the time. But, but, the, but the body of Christ needs to hear truth. And he's the one that made the statement, without truth, you're not going to get free. You're going to preach on marriage if you want people to be free. You're going to preach on God's standard if you want them to be free. Because if they're not, they're not free. They're in bondage. Okay. He said that when he started preaching on that, he lost a lot of support. Aren't you glad he didn't bow to that? Now, I'm going to tell you how you guys vote. You vote by leaving. Now, I'm going to say something right now. I want you to understand this. There are, there are several reasons people leave. One of them is I run them off. That's what most people think. And there's probably some I do. I mean, my personality is D.D., Daryl, Divine. And I, I, understand that, I understand that I'm a little bit on the, you know, black and white and there ain't no gray. I, I get that. I, I understand that I'm a little bit on the, I don't believe he said that. Okay. I get it. And I understand I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Most of the people that you know that are leaving, 
because their lives are not right. When God told Cain, if you do well, you'll be accepted. So don't come and blame me when your in-laws left. I want to know why you didn't talk to them when they left. How come, how come you brought them in here not knowing that we're going to use the Bible when we, we're actually going to use this book? Are you out there or did you go home? Every move of God that's ever been in this earth is killed by compromising Christians. The, further, the longer you go in a move, the more you water it. Well, you water this down, and you water that down, and you water this down, and after a while, it doesn't look anything like it used to. Don't shut me down. Hardest place I've ever found to be a Christian is after you've been saved a while. Because now, I can slack off. I couldn't when I first got saved. I slacked off, I'd die of starvation. Do you all understand that? It's more difficult. The longer you go, you know how to sing two hymns, two hers, and say hallelujah and praise the Lord and pray in tongues. It's harder to maintain your glow after you've been doing this a while than it is when you first start. All right, I'm going to read something to you. Jude used the idea when he wrote to the readers from the news he received. Jude was aware that Era was attempting to invade the church. He knew that shutting his eyes and pretending the problem was not there would not fix the problem. If no one raised his voice to stop the error, error will continue to spread its infection. And the message of the gospel would be perverted. It was time for a mature Christian leader to stand up to refute what was happening. And Jude was the man for the job. God is going to use men of God... There are really, really honest-to-God men of God who preach strong messages. Look at John Bevere. John Bevere is not Copeland, but he's still called. This is not, I'm of John, you're of Copeland. You, you're going to need it all. The man has a message for the body of Christ called the fear of God. And I, I, I've learned, I love Rick Renner. Rick Renner is, is definitely not Jesse. Are y'all out there? It ain't, he ain't Mark. But yet he's always writing about no compromise. He's always writing about no compromise. Well, I need it. I don't need it all the time. Lord have mercy. It'd kill y'all if I preached on that all the time. But we do need it, don't we? And so he is a valuable, he has a very valuable place in the body of Christ. Let me finish reading this. In the early church, the believers had two options. They could stand for truth or surrender to the assault that was taking place. Jude exhorted his readers to stand strong and keep their heads on straight. Now, it says, because the, because the test has a definite article, the word faith refers to time-tested, long-held teaching of Scripture. Christians were also attacked from within, talking about inside the church. The church has errant leaders introduced doctrines and new ideas that were, that were diversions from truth. As a result of, destruct, of destructive influence of well-known, beloved brothers who had gotten off track doctrinally. Now, we're going to read in a minute that Peter got off. Is Peter, did God kick Peter out of the body of Christ? No. no. He, let, he let Peter preach. He didn't take the anointing off of him, but he used Paul to straighten his wrong doctrines out. Yeah, yeah. Folks, listen to me. There's stuff in your head right now that's wrong. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Amen. God is going to send somebody by one day and go, you need to work on this. Yeah. By the, by, you're the one that needs to go, Woo, boy, I needed that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Peter repented and went on and God used him. But, but now, we're, I'm going to show you in a minute, they had a knockdown, drag-out fight in church. If Paul did what he did then, now, y'all would run him off. That's honest to God truth. Sometimes, we might need a little fight. 
I just love y'all. I just love you. I just love you too. I love you too, Pastor. I love you. You love me. I love you. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. I'm coming. <laughs> if it wasn't stopped, Jude knew it was going to produce an increasing sick spiritual condition in the church. How many miracles are happening in this church right now? This church is sick. You want to get healthy? Let's all agree to come back to the Word. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about the whole body of Christ in condition. The whole body of Christ right now. The whole American, not, not in China. Biggest revival going on right now is Iran. China. Got a move of God going on. America? Not so much. We're more in love with our money and our cars and our how we are with God. We, we have. This is what made us sick. We left our first love and we don't want to hear it. That's the truth. You shall know the truth. Truth will make you mad. Am I, are y'all good with me on that? Yeah. See, you can't look around and go, oh, we're just a wonderful church. We're just a wonderful church. we got a wonderful church. No, we don't. <laughs> no, no, we don't. <laughs> I'm up here preaching because I'm looking at you going, hey, let's fix something. Let's come back. Let's spend some time praying and, and loving on each other and forgiving each other and come back to our first love and loving Jesus with all of our hearts. Let's, let's just make some, uh, let's make some adjustments. Let's go back and read the tough scriptures that are difficult. Yes. The book of Revelation where Jesus looked at the church and says, I have something against you. I don't like the way you're acting. I read those things and go, God, how am I doing? How am I doing? Well, that was, that was, y'all made it. Breathe. <laughs> Accommodation with the world around you in order to provide relief from persecution and peripheral pressure to conform. Let's bend a little and become a little more willing to be a little more like the world so we don't have a problem with them accepting us. My God, Pastor, if you just quit using the word Catholic when you preach... If you would just quit saying it that way, people wouldn't... What, how do you want me to say it? I had a man not too long ago who says, well, make it real. And I said, I'm trying. Shut up. <laughs> you, you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. You, you want me to lie to you and pet you? <laughs> oh, it's quiet in this Baptist church. Well, don't say that. That's what I'm talking about. Don't say that. There's churches right now, they quit using the word sin. You know, I was watching, y'all remember the thing on television, the, there's two guys, uh, they were builders, home, you know, the remodeling guys, and they kicked the show off because they're Christians. You want to know? We've kept our mouth shut too long. We've accommodated their junk too long you bake me a cake I don't want to bake you a cake I ain't baking you a cake I'll do a wedding for you but we're going to do it the way I do it and I'm going to preach the gospel to all of your friends you don't want me to do your wedding <laughs> are y'all out there okay this, is, this stuff's going on, and it's just easier to just be quiet. And people call it love. That's not love. If you don't correct your kids, you don't love your children. I'm going to make this statement, and y'all hold on. To just There are times in this church when I've had to deal with stuff, and it would have been nice to have some of y'all behind me. I have dealt with some stuff in this church, and I dealt with it alone. 
because I couldn't find anybody that had enough backbone to get behind me. I'm going to call you next time. Are y'all listening to me? We've had stuff going on in this church. It didn't need to happen. This church is not a place for you to raise money for your ministry. And if I tell you that, don't throw a fit and take 38 people and leave this church. And blame me for being mean. It's, it's sin. How come, how come you don't know that? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. It's, it, that's God's tithe money. You don't go to Galen Black Ford and start a car dealership in his parking lot. Don't come in here and start yourself a ministry. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. People are crazy. Why is it always my fault? Because I have to say something to them. Why is it my fault when I got people sleeping around and I got to correct them? They don't tell y'all why I said it. Do y'all understand people lie? Do y'all know that? All right. That's all I'm going to say. That's enough for one night. But I'm going to tell you this. The next time something goes on, find out what's going on before you get in, in there and get all bent out of shape. It, it might be that you're on the wrong football team right now. Come on. After that, I'm just going to be quiet. Some things just need to be said. And I'm going to show you in a minute that it's perfectly scriptural to do so, even though some of y'all have already think, you're out of line. Well, if I am, so is Paul. Regrettably, the leaders who were making these spiritually toxic suggestions were beloved, well-known brothers in the community. And it's difficult for church members to see them as evil. Yet despite the positions of responsibility and influence these spiritual leaders held within the church, they're actually encouraging people to embrace a philosophy of compromise, a path littered with dangerous eternal ramifications. Over a period of time, their well-esteemed errant leaders had been led astray by seducing spirits. These forces, they, by turning their focus away from hard, fast, spirit, scriptural truth and listen to new enticing ideas, these leaders had become contaminated spiritually. That is why there is a, the people are willing to barter truth for peace. You know why you and your spouse don't fight? You want peace. Sometimes you need to have a fight. Because just because you compromise does not mean there's peace in the home. It's whoever screamed the loudest one. Oh, it's getting strong in here. Galatians chapter 2, 11. I've just been needing to say some of this stuff a long time, and I just felt like tonight might be tonight. You got to make up your mind. I'm going for truth, period. Now, now in, in my home years ago, not with Lisa and I in my first marriage, they, there was a big deal over Halloween. Are the kids going to dress up like goobers and garbers? I said, no. My other wife said, yes. I said, no. We had a fight. Well, you're mean. I might be. I said, no. Folks, if you want righteous, you know, sometimes the biggest problems you're going to have are going to be in your house. You start living for God, the people in your home with you that are not, they don't want you on fire for God. Do you understand that? You're making them look bad. I got a lady, there was a, there was a, um, there was a man in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that, that, that she came to me and she said, my husband's a heathen. I want him saved. And this lady was a Christian, a nominal Christian, but she's a Christian. And she says, I want you to pray with me that he'll get saved. He's out in the bars drinking, raising cane, and she's distraught. So I said, well, let's get together and pray. And we prayed for him. I mean, it wasn't a month later. I don't know what hit this man. He came to Jesus. He went to church, got on fire for God Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer meeting. She came back and said, undo it. I liked him better the way he was. <laughs> and I said, 
Now, him and I are praying for your lukewarm self. He's on fire for God, and you feeling bad because you ain't. <laughs> Someone said, where you get your sermons? Talking to people. Now, now let's go here to Galatians. I want to show you all something. I want to show you in the Bible so you can see this. Galatians 2.11. When Peter came to Antioch, Peter was a pillar. He was with Jesus. Paul was not. Paul's the underdog. I don't know whether you all know this or not. Paul's not the guy that ran around with Jesus. So in, in the light of things, he's not Peter's Copeland. And, and Paul is not anybody. We, looking back now, and realize he wrote most of the New Testament, but he was nobody at this time. Peter's the, he's like the, oh, yeah, he the man. Now, Paul, Peter has now started compromising truth. The Judaizers who are coming into the church and preaching that unless you're circumcised and Jesus, you're not saved. You've got to become a Jew now. That's heresy. And Peter was compromising with them. Oh, he wasn't preaching it. He's just going along to get along. Are we ready? Because I'm fixing to read what happened. Y'all wouldn't even, yeah, just pray for him. But he just loved the Lord. Let me tell you something about, we've gotten to the place where every, there's nobody wrong. They're down there, that church, they love the Lord. Down there, that one, they love him too. Now when they love him too. Everybody loved the Lord. Everybody loved the Lord. No, they don't. It, y'all ready? It's Jesus and water baptism don't save you. I just busted the church on 441's chops. And Jesus and Sabbath don't save you. I just busted the other one across town's chops. Folks, those are, that's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Woo! Now, when Peter came to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. What happened to the love scriptures? He was to be blamed. Before certain men came from James, he ate with Gentiles. But when they came down, he withdrew and separated, fearing those of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews played the hypocrite with him. And even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. And when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, this is a Sunday morning church service. He's busting his chops publicly. Peter from Texas. Y'all are getting this, aren't you? There was a man about a year ago that got up in a pulpit and made fun of Kenneth e. Hagin in Holy Ghost meetings. And he was a Rama guy. And he was a big dog. And I wrote him a letter and, and, and Pastor Hagin. And I put a stop to it. You better believe it, cowboy. You know, listen, Kenneth E. Hagin, you don't get up in a meeting and make fun of that. He's a man of God, and if you don't agree with the Holy Ghost, this is a rhema meeting, hush. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? And you know, everybody sat around and went, yeah, I didn't. I just caused division. And I put a stop to it. I called him up and said, I want the CDs. They sent me blank ones. Coward. If you're ashamed of what you said, tell everybody what you said. I'm not, if you want to be a Baptist, be a Baptist. But don't come to a Rama meeting and make fun of, of the faith and word message. I know, there's, I know there's some people, I've already made some people mad, but it's, they've been mad before, so it's all right. 
Verse 14, when I saw that they are not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you're a Jew and you live in a manner like a Gentile and not like a Jew, why are you asking the Gentiles to start living like Jews? Now, you, you and I would think that's not a big deal. It's a big deal. They're compromising the gospel. Now, there's things that we can, we can, we can go, ah, if you don't agree with that, ah. Let's talk about another one right now. Are you all ready? When did getting filled with the Holy Ghost become optional? It's not. Jesus said, now who's he? Don't leave Jerusalem until you're in due with power from on high. Do you need it? Apparently... Listen, it's not a radio. It's the transmission. You can't get a car and go, I don't want the transmission in it. There's things we've got to, we need to come, we need to come back to what did Jesus say? How are we supposed to be getting this gospel out? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs follow those that believe. Preach Jesus, 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 and Jesus. Wrong. That's not what he said. Anybody quote it? Going to all the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow those that believe. What's the first sign that you believe it? Cast out devils. That means there need to be some demons coming out of people in your church. The second sign... They'll speak with what? Tongues. There's nothing over there. But without this, the price of salvation is only $30,000. But with this option, it's (laughs) $35,000. This ain't a truck. (laughs) Who's teaching you? The Holy Ghost. Who's strengthening you? The Holy Ghost. That is a gift from God. That's the power to live for God. Do you need it? Yes. Do we need to preach it? Yes. Oh, they might not like it. So too bad. We don't get you filled with the Holy Ghost back there. You want it? Come right up here. You falling out up here, speaking tongues up here. So I got to tell you my famous story. Only because y'all have heard it, but these guys hadn't. You know, when the Holy Ghost gets on you and says something to you, you might want to obey him in church because he knows where you live. So anyway, I'm up here one Sunday, and I'm I'm just doing my job being a good little preacher. and, And I said, and I had a word of knowledge, and I said, someone out there right now needs to come back to God, and God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants you. He's calling you to come back to your, come back to God. Nothing. We're singing, just as I am without, and, and nobody's moving. <laughs> and so I continued, and I, and I said, the Holy Ghost said, say it one more time, say it one more time. And I said it again, and we did it three times, and no, I mean, no. Finally, I just went, well, okay. So we closed service. Lisa looked at me, and she says, on the way home, you need to stop at Winn-Dixie. I remember it like it was yesterday. And so I get to Winn-Dixie, and I walk in the front door, and, and, and somebody over there in the veggie department was here at church, and they went, oh, pastor. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm fixing to do? Uh, no, no, I don't care. We in Winn-Dixie, baby. It don't matter to me. She says, oh, that was me. That was me. I, the Lord was dealing with me, and I was fighting, and I didn't want to come up. And I knew if you laid hands on me, I was going out in the power in front of everybody. And, uh, and, and she said, I, and I just, oh, I was scared. And I'm going, what are you telling me now for? And so I just looked at her, and I said, well, lift your hand. She goes, Here. <laughs> yeah, here. 
I said, and I made her raise her hands on them. She's, I said, Heavenly Father, that was me. Please forgive me for not obeying you. And I'm asking you to, you know, to forgive me my sins. I'm coming home, prayed over to come back to Jesus, laid hands on her. She went out into power between the maters and the taters. <laughs> I turned around and walked out of Winn-Dixie. She's over in the produce section speaking in tongues <laughs> on the floor. And I turned to her and I said, we had carpet. Now, y'all enjoyed that. I, I knew y'all needed to hear that. They all heard that story before, but how are we doing for time? So, 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 so Paul, Paul is getting on to Peter for playing the hypocrite. And Peter's the one that wrote later about false teachers. I think he should repent. Acts 15.1, let's go over there real quick. And I'm going to start winding down. Say no compromise. No 15.1, certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now we're thinking, well, well that's not happening today. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of people putting tags on all kind of, you got to do it this way, you got to be baptized by this formula. Are you just not saved? Or if you had all of that makeup all over your face, you ain't saved. The, you know what the biggest problem going on right now? Is those name it, claim it, blab it, grab it preachers. I've heard through the grapevine they're heretics. Who ever heard of Boston got around? That's a division. And by the way, that's us. I'm going to name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Now look at this. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no, no small what? And what? They're in a fight with them. They're fighting with these guys. I mean, they jumped in their face. That's a, that's a lie. Now, I'm not saying you need to be mean and ugly. I don't, I'm not saying that. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's it's... It's constant no matter where I go. If I'm shooting competition pistol and they find out I'm a pastor, they go religious on me for a few minutes. And then they start talking about God doing something to somebody. And their question is always this. Every heathen, why did God take so-and-so? Tell me this. Where did they learn that junk in church the church has sent more people to hell than the bar who wants a God that's knocking everybody in the head are y'all out there this is massive guys I mean and I'm, I'm sitting there trying to up this no sometimes they're Christians sometimes they're not and I look at them I go he didn't he didn't he didn't. People are avoiding churches like the plague because of doctrines. All of the movies, all Christian movies that I've seen, there might be a few that are not, but the main ones, they all have a tragedy. Someone dies and they spend the next hour and a half explaining why God is a good guy even though he let it happen. Every stupid Christian movie. It's stupid. Woo. Do you know why America is in the shape it's in? It's the pulpit's fault. It's my fault. It's the pastors of this church. It's the pastors of this nation's fault. We're not doing what I'm doing here tonight. Have y'all enjoyed this at least a little tiny bit? Made you laugh a little bit in between. <laughs> that hurt. All right. Let, let's go to Matthew 10, and I think I'll close it. <laughs> Jude Strauss office says, you've got to contend for this. 1034. It is no longer popular or cool to be holy. 
I was at a funeral, my mom's. My mom, listen, just listen, my mom's funeral. And, and, and I got family members that listen to this on internet, so they don't know who I'm talking about. I said this at my mother's funeral. If it wasn't for my mother's prayers, I'd be in hell. That's all I said at my mother's funeral. And I said, a family member got upset, got in the car. I guess he thinks I'm going to hell. She is. Uh, don't look at, listen, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to compromise my walk with God because it's bothering you. I'm glad it is bothering you. I pray you don't sleep at all. Sometimes people need to not sleep. You know, I went to, I was at an Ernest Angley meeting one time, and he did something. I don't know whether it's scriptural or not, but it worked. This kid came up, and she smoked. And he said, I pray that if you smoke again, you throw up all over yourself. And he, went, he prayed for her and went on down to the next one. And I thought, that's cool. I've never prayed that over anybody. Maybe I should. <laughs> I did smoke one more time after that, and I got sick as a dog. That's true. Matthew 10, 34. Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves his father or his mother more than me, he's not worthy of me. He who loves his son or daughter more than me, is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me, you're not worthy of me. And if you find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. That's powerful words. Now, I'm telling you this, and, I, and I'm going to try to close. Let me tell you something. Your walk with God is going to create problems. I've had women in the church, their husbands left, yep. and, and, and in my opinion, good riddance. Yep. Oh, yeah. You need someone better than that. I know it's tough. Don't compromise your faith because JoJo wants to come home drunk every night and run off with other women. R throw him out the front door. If he hits you, throw him out the front door. Come on, y'all. Whoo, pastor, you got to do better next Wednesday night. I'm telling you right now. What are you preaching on? Can y'all understand why it's time for the church to get strong right now? It is. That's, my, that's the only thing I'm driving at. There is a time right now, and we, you know, the Bible says preach the truth in love. I'm not talking about being mean to people, but I'm talking about you need. I was, I was, I was at the club one day. We were shooting guns, and a, and a guy looked at me. And, and, and me and Gary were talking about Jesus coming back soon. And he said, how soon? <laughs> and this guy's not saved. And I said, real soon? He goes, oh, no. <laughs> and we sat and talked to him about the Lord for a few minutes. I hope it scared the mud out of him. He's coming back real soon. <laughs> I'm going to tell you another one. It just... When you get around non-Christians, they're, they're, they're almost always religious. So we were shooting, and somebody said something about blessing it with holy water. I don't know what that is. I guess it's something they have in the Catholic Church. And I, he said, he, then he made a statement about, you know, something. And I said, well, first of all, that don't work. And then he made a statement about religion, and then he made a statement about being Catholic. And I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, the Pope's not saved. He said, if the Pope ain't saved, ain't nobody saved. Now listen, by now, I've got 15 guys around me. We're just shooting guns. But you know what? Just if, you, if you ask me a question, I'll answer your question. And so I stood there for a minute, and I said, well, the Bible says that the Lord Jesus died on the cross for you. If, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're going to hell, and so is the Pope. Doesn't matter whether you're the Christ, a Catholic or a Baptist or you have holy water on your head. All of that means nothing. 
and they all talked to me a minute and went back. You know, those are, the, those, those are better. That, that's how you get people saved. Drag them into church and hope someone. You got you to gotta converse with people. And they got, they got some goofy stuff. Boy, I'm doing good. Well, Rick Renner made a statement. We live in a day where everybody's right and no one's wrong. That's wrong. There are people wrong. There is stuff that's wrong. And we're going to have to pick up our voice and start voicing our opinion. Someone says something. We, we had the, um, how are we doing for time? Oh, I got four minutes. I'm going to tell you one more story real quick. We left Apopka here, a bunch of pastors in this city, and we went up to Tallahassee. There was a bill that came before the house that would not require us to marry gays. And, and my, my last name is M. So where do you think they, we were when they finally called me? They called every pastor in that building by name. Adam, Bruce, Charlie, Dick, Edward. Those are first names. Okay. Adams, Bennett. All right. I'm the first speaker. They got all the way to him before anybody had the, the backbone. Almost said something. <laughs> to walk up and take this podium and address the council and talk to them about why I'm not marrying two people who are gay. I told them, I says, first of all, it takes three people to marry you. Me and them and God. And God ain't coming. And I just stood there, and I and the and the bill and, and the bill passed. I mean, it didn't pass. I mean, we we got what we went for. The building was full of homosexuals who stood up and ran, ran and raved and they and and the, and the and the quietest group were the pastors. <laughs> Except, well, no. Doug Bankston stood up after that. He's B, but I don't know how he got up later. But anyway. Honest to God, I'm the first guy that stood up. And then, um, um, uh, what's his name down in Kissimmee, Betty? What's, um, Squires. Squires. Greg Squires stood up. And fi finally, an ex-homosexual pastor stood up. And man, she rocked the place. I mean, she, she just said, listen, I love Jesus with all my heart. And I live the lifestyle of a lie from hell. And I'm so glad that I have Jesus and I ain't marrying them. So, so we got the bill that I, don't, I won't lose my 501c3 and be, you know, and be thrown in jail if I don't marry two gays. But why is it that we're having to do that? And aren't, aren't you, I mean, we're having to raise our voice, guys. That's kind of where I am right now. When something's right... Get behind what's right. Amen. Don't, don't think that being a coward is love. Now, I'm not saying run your mouth all the time. I don't know how to quit. I don't know how to quit. I'm, I'm done with all of my books. I'm done with all my notes. Say no compromise. Jude says, contend for the faith. There ever was a time in America, we've got to start contending for who Jesus is and what he said. Yes. Without the gospel, you cannot turn this nation around. Yes. And you're going to have to preach it strong. You're going to come out of the world, and you're going to come out of sin, and come to Jesus or you're lost. Yes. Amen. Amen? And I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe there's enough people wanting to hear truth that they'll come in this church. I, I believe that. I don't believe it. I think it will draw the good ones. Amen. But I need your help. Amen. Are you all ready? Because I want to pray over us. I know I hurt your feelings a while ago when I said we're sick. But God heals the sick, don't he? Father God, we have a great church here. We, we, we've seen you do a lot over the years in this church. I've seen people saved, healed, delivered, filled with the Holy Ghost. I've seen times when it happened more than it's happening now. I believe that we're headed into a move of God, and I believe you're getting us ready for it. I'm asking you to help us to be loving, but to not compromise truth, no matter what it costs us, no matter what it looks like. 
and be willing that when you need us to, to step up to the plate and speak truth because somebody needs to hear it in Jesus' name. I was telling a story a while ago, and I want to finish this story. The two guys that were on television, they got fired for being Christians. One of the guys, the producers, was a homosexual, and he came to him, and he says, y'all are just going to leave? And he goes, yep, we're not going to stop being Christian. And they took their Bible, and they opened it to the young man and showed him that if you're homosexual, you're going to hell. And the man looked at him and said, well, I don't want to go to hell. He said, well, you're going. And so he prayed and got born again right there. Now, folks, if you're not speaking truth, Jesus said, let your light shine. If you're not speaking truth, you don't have a light. He's not talking about your face. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.